seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan, world. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan, world. Oh man, 43, episode 43 of The Hopeless Show. Hey Aaron. That's, that's wild. That means we are, uh, let me do the math, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49. So we are, this, after this we'll be seven away from episode 50. And just for everyone to know, episode 50 is going to be, like we're going to make it Real, what is it called? Like the diamond year or the the platinum year? What's the I think fiftieth? I don't know. Platinum gold, the gold gold anniversary. Uh, Whatever it is, we're gonna make it the the best. That's gonna be the most amazing episode we've ever had. So something to look forward to. Not that you shouldn't listen to all the ones in between, but the episode fifty is gonna be. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, we're thinking it's going to be a 26-hour show, something like that. Yeah, yeah, we'll do something special. I mean, um, yeah, we probably should get working on that, huh? Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, we're back. Um, no more hiatus. Um, thank you guys for tuning into the last episode uh, of our return. And we return again with news from the quarantine. News. From the quarantine. Yeah, news from the quarantine is becoming quarantine-ish or esque because quarantine is ending. So, if you have any titles for what uh, what we should call news from the blank as the quarantine goes away, uh, we could always keep it news from the quarantine. But I think people are going to probably get sick of being reminded about COVID. So, we could think of a new name. We don't have it yet. We're not that smart. So. If you guys have a name for what we can call it, we're open to anything. Um, Literally. This, and this week, anything. right? I mean, anything. Yeah, as long as it's not like racist or something that'll get us canceled. Yeah, cancel culture. So <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're not in cancel culture. We don't want to be canceled, even though we've said lots of things on this that would probably get us canceled. No, uh, we haven't. Do not listen don't. to our archives. Yeah, don't. This is going to be the most PC We've episode We've never yet. said anything that should get us canceled. Do not <laughs> dig any further. Nope. Just listen. This is our first yes, episode. Yes, welcome. We're going to talk about Teletubbies and hugs. <laughs> With a little bit of stories about Mickey Mouse. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Mickey, what about Barney? Oh, yes. We're going to talk about Barney to start. Great segue, by the way. That was like, that was at least top five best segues we've ever had. <laughs> so Barney's Beanery, uh, some some news from the quarantine. I went to Barney's Beanery. Um, you know, things are opening back up. And I knew they were doing indoor dining. I'm vaccinated. So I wanted to go grab a like bite. It's my local spot. There's a few Barney's around the city, but Barney's Beanery, the original one, is close to where I live. And all of the there's they have all these outdoor sections now. They've built an outdoor patio in the front, an outdoor patio on, on the side. So it's really cool. But then indoors, wanted to watch the Dodger game. Indoors, 
all the TVs were off. And I just was really weirded out. Wait, we're you're opening up, but the only TVs you have on are outside, not inside. And I asked the um, the guy who runs Barney's, who I know pretty well, and and he didn't have an answer. He just said, "Yeah, we can't do that yet." Mm. So it was a it was a nice experience to go to Barney's again. It's been a long time. It was also very odd because they aren't allowed TVs indoors yet, which just felt. Uh, what's the word? Can you help me? Um, bad. <laughs> great. That was great. Uh, great. And, and you know, if, if you spell bad backwards, it says dab. dab yeah. And my, so it's yeah, my thing of words is good. <laughs> See, we're, I'm telling you, we're going to be big, big time. There's nothing being canceled yeah. on this show because we are just using small words. We're pretty much illiterate. And yeah, so that was weird. It was weird to see things not allowed indoors, but outdoors with TVs. Yeah. I mean, what if they had giant TVs and they just keep the windows open and then you could look at the giant TVs from the outside? They could have done that, but they had TVs on outside, just not inside. Mm. It was all backwards. So that's, I think it shows that, you know, people are coming back from the quarantine and trying to figure out what the rules are, what to do. I don't, I don't quite know, but it was an interesting thing that I don't think we would have ever seen before. So I thought I'd bring that up. It might not be that interesting a story, to be honest, but yeah. coming out of COVID, anything is interesting, right? Yeah, it's it's like, we're, we're going to be having stories about like the most mundane things, but it's going to be nice to welcome back to our lives. But yes, so indoor TVs, still banned. Um, still banned. Yeah. And then uh, I'm going to get a little personal. I know we don't uh, go in this direction too much on this show, but I want to just give a shout out because my uncle died. And um, why I bring that up, his name was David Wolf. He's my dad's oldest brother, the son of Rabbi Alfred and Miriam Wolf. And he passed away this uh, week. And I bring it up not to get sad because that's not what this is about, but to honor him briefly because he lived a life. He did so many awesome things. He was a guy from, you know, 50s and 60s. So he was a tough guy, uh, like a James Dean, at, you know, motorcycles and um, Jewish motorcycle rider. And uh, then he ran like Pierce College here in L.A. He was just a uh, was really into cars. He had an auto body thing for a while out of his garage and um, and then did a lot with education. But what he did that was, I think, the most profound is he was diagnosed with uh, AML, with leukemia um, two years ago. And instead of feeling sorry for himself and instead of uh, wallowing, he started writing a blog about dealing with leukemia as well as about how to keep going with life in the wake of knowing that your life, you don't know how much longer you have in a very distinct sense. None of us do, but he really didn't. And he wrote this blog that ended up being shared to hundreds, if not thousands of people every single day until a few days before he died where he wrote his last one about what he was feeling at that moment and um, and giving his final sign-off. And, you know, my Uncle David, I think that just is a good example for everyone as we come out of COVID and stuff to appreciate each day and to also try to lead by example and to never wallow in uh, in the negative of what, what we don't have or what's tough, but instead to try to find that positive in everything, kind of like what we try to do on this show. 
And so I honor Uncle David uh, with with what how he lived and what he gave back at a time when he could have just started uh, he could have started dying, but he got busy living while he was dying. And I think that, that that's a really beautiful message. I mean, we all begin dying the day we're born, and it's never too late to start living. And then sometimes, I guess you know, when he realized that he needs to make the best of every last moment. He did that, and that's amazing. You know, he maximized his life, and I think that's something we all should try to do. So condolences about your Uncle David, um, but uh, he sounds like a rad dude, and that that, that can hopefully, uh, you know, give every give every listener, you know, a little bit of inspiration out there. It's like, you know, you don't have to wait until, you know, you're, you're of advanced age to do that, but even if you haven't lived your life to the fullest, it's never, ever too late. No. It's never, ever too late. And uh, so thank you. And speaking of too late, uh, I just wanted to give a shout out because uh, I also realized this week we started with our very first episode. I talked about a wedding gift I hadn't given and it had been about two years later. And now it's three years later and I still haven't given them their wedding gift. And uh, it's Brian and Kayla, great friends of mine. And I just still haven't done it. And so for everyone listening, if anyone has suggestions of what I should do, and I told him it, I was texting him and I said, uh, they're out in New York. And I said, you know, I can't wait to see you. I haven't seen you in over a year. And uh, and when I see you, you know, I'm going to bring the wedding gift, but I don't actually know what to get them Dude, because the gift I, I was going to get them is different than what I'm going to, I don't know. Get them Dogecoin. Oh yeah. Well, we're going to get to that. We're going to get the Dogecoin That's later. later. Yeah. Get them Dogecoin. Although he's the person who got me to get cryptocurrency in the first place. Oh. He's a very smart um, businessman. So um, get him an NFT. he's the one who, yeah, he needs that. Yeah, exactly. So like, I don't know. I, I open to any suggestions and how to make it tongue and cheeky or fun because it's so late. Uh, so any suggestions, or if you have a suggestion right now, any thought besides Dogecoin, because he probably has like way more than both of us combined. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so we'll we will be taking user listener submissions as ridiculous as they may be, because you know behind every crazy idea is a good idea. Um, but that's our news from the quarantine today. We have a, a really fun show ahead of you. We're going to talk about everything from the UFOs to new baseball teams, Disneyland bar mitzvahs a bit of a you know real tragedy that's happening out in the world um and then movie theaters and some fan mail um, along with a really special piece of hope fulfilled um but you should we want you to get started uh aaron should we get to that first topic yeah well topic one is uh go to you because yeah. i actually don't know anything about what you're about to talk about so which is going to be interesting this is our first hopeless topic um, for new listeners of the show, Aaron and I will talk about a few things of uh, different categories throughout the show and focus on some, some big ones uh, for, for larger parts of time. And that first, you know, I guess more dedicated topic this week is something I am feeling more hopeless about than I think I have before, but it's UFOs. And <laughs> for me, I believe there's intelligent life outside of the bounds of our earth. I mean, we are just a grain of sand in a beach, which is its own grain of sand, which is its own grain of sand at a thousand beaches down. There's obviously statistically, there is a pretty much a 100% chance of life just like us or intelligent life elsewhere in this universe. However, that's not what I'm afraid of. Um, also, I mean, people have seen ET in close encounters. So oh yeah. We know. Oh yeah. And, and that's, they're pretty much, uh, you know, 
there, I think those are, those are maybe inspired by something that maybe happened. Who knows? But what's really, really interesting is that over, you know, over the past couple of years, we've seen a lot of UFO uh, information from the government that's been declassified. And even President Obama, um, you know, he was interviewed last year um, and he was uh, actually talking about how he asked about Area 50, Ferry 51, and um, he was actually disclosed to a lot of UFO activity. But what's really, really interesting is that there was an article in The Sun, which is not a reliable news source. However, from time <laughs> no. to time, they have had actually interesting news that ended up being true. It's rare, but it's true, but it gives you something to think about. Let so, me guess. Prince Harry, Prince Harry is an alien. Now, Prince Harry is a wildebeest, I believe. Um, okay, good. But the what they're reporting is that they're actually, factually, there have been many flashing objects that have been captured on camera um, from buzzing warships and you just that have just been like being caught on planes. And we've seen all the videos, right? And these are pilots that are literally saying, I have no idea what I saw. And they get classified as an unidentified flying object, a UFO. Now, what the sun is claiming is that these are, there's a, these are actually hypersonic drones from either China or Russia. Um, they have experts uh, that they interviewed claim that these are spying and defense vehicles, um, technology that's been developed by countries that I would say we don't have the warmest relationships with. And um, so, you know, both pretty much two countries where their poor people are run by absolute dictatorships. Um, but now if this is, this is true, these people have defined, have actually created like supersonic vehicles or drones of sorts that are then able to spy on American God knows what else. That's scary to me. So can we talk about that? Can we, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? And let's try and develop some hope. I think it's all a conspiracy because I think they're actually UFOs. That's oh. my bit of hope because I really think that they constantly don't want to freak people out because so many people would get freaked out even though I'd be psyched personally. So I think that it's always a blame game and it's always a this or a that when it comes to these things that aren't explained in terms of stuff that's in the sky that has been happening for generations that people have been seeing more and more and especially more recently. And they always say it's something like that. And I just don't buy it. I think that at least some of it has to be unexplainable things or things that some people understand and they're just declassifying. That's my hope. That's really what I believe with yeah. this stuff. Because I mean, it's just, as you said, I'm 100% sure there's we're not the only thing. And, and so, or 99.9%, I guess you can't be 100. I mean, so, I, 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 I appreciate that. I mean, I would much rather this be aliens than it being foreign governments that are spying on American soil or above or mm -hmm. American airspace. Um, and what is fascinating is that there's, according to these reports, um, it's, it's these reports that are, you know, of this type have been confirmed by the Pentagon dating back to an infamous event in 2004. Uh, it unfolded before the eyes of two warplane pilots from an aircraft carrier, USS Nimitz, which was on a routine training mission in the Pacific ocean off of San Diego, California. The footage shot was shot from the Nimitz's six super Hornet fighter jets on a routine training mission, about a hundred miles into the Pacific ocean when they're diverted to check out an aircraft spotted on radar from a Navy cruiser, the USS Princeton. Two videos show three encounters between warplanes and what the Navy officials admitted were unidentified aerial phenomena. And he said that um, the objects committed an act of war and performed complex moves, which is not natural to any man-made technology. So maybe that is 
uh, aliens. Um, mm. And says, insisting on the authenticity of what he saw in November 10th, 2004, he said, this is not like we saw it and I was, and it was gone or I saw lights in the sky and it's gone. We watch this thing on a crystal clear day with four trained observers. We see these, these little white tic-tac because we're about 20 feet above it and it's going north, south, north, south and it's abrupt. And then he said the next sightings were uh, reported less than 10 years later. And then you're seeing more and more of these really, really similar sightings, similar movements. Um, and these are all they, they've named and people they've, they've like these people have gone on record from us government officials that are talking about this and military officials. Um, so they're still trying to figure what this, what, uh, what this is. Um, but one thing they're really concerned about is that when they're around it, the radar has been getting jammed um, and that they have been, you know, there's been some weird sort of like communications blocking that's been happening. So um, just there's many reasons for them to believe that they are sort of, they could be foreign, you know, from foreign countries, but yeah, man, whatever it is, it's a bit disconcerting um, because we Yeah, are, but if it's yeah. aliens, if it's aliens, it's not. Let's just say it's aliens. Okay. And let's just, let's just say like, uh, let's just go even more hopeful and just say it's E.T. Like <laughs> E.T. is coming down. He's like, some point he's going to big do a big news conference and he's, he's just going to like do it. And I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for some E.T. Oh, I'm ready for it too. Actually, one last question before we move on. Do you, uh, and this is a sincere question, do you, uh, do you think that if there was an actual alien encounter that was captured, we would ever find out about it as normal civilians in our no. lifetime? Pro- oh, in our lifetime? Yes, maybe. I think so. It could ha- like, just like a lot of things keep, you know, it's like two steps forward, one step back in terms of our culture. And I think, you know, we're heading a little forward again. And so uh, I think as long as we keep progressing, and minds and um, the our abilities to to accept the unknown become more, which is uh, my hope. Uh, then society will come to accept it, and I think we could see it. Uh, if we become more of a introverted, you know, whatever we kind of were becoming, then when things aren't being accepted, then more things aren't being accepted. But that could be a thing that happens. Um, and so, yeah, I think in our lifetime, I don't think now. Okay. Well, let's hope gong it. You've made me feel more hopeful. All right. I would Let rather. hope gong it. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I also think we're going to give a special sound with this. But here's the hope gong. For, for encouraging me that it is aliens rather than horrible communist dictatorship governments. So, um, cool. Moving on and to our next. Just sound. one other thing, because yes. this is like a 2001 reference. Which is like an alieny kind of thing. <laughs> Chimpanzee. Uh, all right, so keep it going. Yeah, let's talk sports. What do you got? I went to a Dodger game as we uh, teased the last episode. So we went to a Dodger game, and it was pretty wild to be. The last sporting event I was at was with uh, you at the final XFL game ever. Ever at the with the L.A. What were we called? The Wildcats, the so. L.A. Wildcats, I think. Um, and so to be at a sporting event again, especially the Dodgers, which is, you know, Dodger Stadium, iconic. They redid a lot of it. So it's nicer than ever uh, was just had to keep pinching myself because to be at a sporting event after all this time of being denied people and things and everything because of our pandemic 
was special isn't even a, like I'll never forget these like every moment of it. It was um, except for the when I the beers were drank, so then maybe a little bit will be forgotten. But it was just so special and so cool. Like the seventh inning stretch, the people like like being in lines with lots of just seeing lots of people. And granted, it's a limited capacity, so I think. Dodger Stadium holds between 50 and 60,000 people and they had 15,000, one five. So it still was all spread out, but it was still a lot. 15,000 people after COVID is a lot of people. Did the crowd feel loud? So, Did it feel like you were actually at a game? Big time. People were loud. People were standing. People were cheering. The Oh, best part. The wave happened. They wow. did the wave, the spread out, socially distanced wave. And when the wave happened... I think I put it on my like Instagram story. The when the wave happened, and once you put it on your Instagram story, you know it's important. It was so cool. The wave star, it was like, it's the fucking wave. Like, what? This is great. This is so happy. And so standing up and doing the wave, I just never felt better. And I want to emphasize to like we when we experience these moments to never not appreciate them because we just don't know when they can get taken away so appreciate the wave that's my take okay i love that i love that it's it's usually everybody has been so ugh about the wave and maybe we're going to see a revival like hey let's do something together in a big crowd so i'm looking forward to that man that's awesome um and just another quick side note about going to stadiums um you know, Ina and I are going to be touring the new Ram Stadium this Saturday. Oh, yeah. I know I'm upset. I was going to go with you uh, yeah, and I can't yeah, but because life, of life happens. my uncle. And yeah. Um, but yeah, so it'll be kind of cool to see the new SoFi Stadium here in Los Angeles. Um, hey, okay, moving forward, we have a debate, another sports-related debate. And Aaron, this one is about MLB, Major League Baseball, expanding. They've had 30 teams for about two decades well, now. And let me just say, for people who aren't even into sports, I think you'll find this interesting because it's also about cities and culture. Yes, that's very true. And I actually correct myself. It's been almost three decades that we've uh, had since we've had 30 teams um, when the Tampa Bay Rays and Florida Marlins. Um, actually, no, sorry, the Florida Marlins. No, and the, it was the Rays and the, uh, uh, the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks, that's right. They joined in like 96, 97, something like that, right? So it's been like 25 years. Yeah, it's been yeah. forever. Yeah. So it's been a couple, a few decades, um, and that's right. The Marlins and Rockies joined MLB in '92, I think. Um, so now MLB is talking about expanding to 32 teams, just like the NFL, just like the NBA. Um, and there's there's a really interesting uh, sort of look, and they've they talked about five cities. And what we're going to be debating here is which five cities should get these two MLB teams. And from the article. Um, written by uh, Ben Verlander from Fox Sports. Um, he talks about, one, Portland, Oregon, um, and he says the benefits there, they have a really passionate fan base, and also it helps the Seattle Mariners who have to fly really far to face most of their teams because they're in the you know the furthest corner of the Pacific Northwest. This will make their schedule a bit easier, um, and Portland is an up-and-coming up you know city in the U.S. Charlotte, North Carolina, um, they also have a big baseball love there, um, and their minor league team, uh, the Knights, Charlotte Knights, led baseball, MLB, minor league baseball in attendance uh, for the last five years. Um, Las Vegas, because Las Vegas, I mean, they just got an NFL team. They just got a hockey team. Uh, they have the space. There's the money. They'll probably get the attendance, although Vegas is hot in the summer. 
And then Montreal, who had the Montreal Expos for many teams, but they lost that team. They had a team for 30 years, and they've lost it about 20 years ago when the Expos moved to Washington, D.C., and became the Nationals. So I that that's another interesting one. And then their number one ranking is Nashville, Tennessee, um, where uh, it's kind of like geographically making sense um, because it kind of puts, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of space that doesn't have an, an MLB team around there. But also, um, you know, Nashville is a really... Um, you know, it's a thriving city, again, a place where there's a lot of culture and a lot of history and a lot of love for baseball. Aaron, what two cities do you want and, or do you think deserve or should they get the teams? I, I mean, there's arguments for all five, and I think there could be an argument to make it 34 teams. It's baseball. It's our national pastime. There's a, I think all of these cities, the demand would be met and they'd all be popular. Um, the, so deductive reasoning, the, uh, Charlotte, I was there recently before the pandemic and I saw the stadium. It's cool. The one that the minor league team they, stadium they have, which is right in the downtown popular. It looks like an old brick. It's a very cool ambiance that they create with that stadium. And, uh, but I'm not going to go with Charlotte because, uh, there's some issues with Charlotte, with the, with that state at, right now. And I think there could, it just, I don't think that they're ready that they're quite ready for it they yeah. will they could get there but not now yeah uh I, even though, even yeah i don't know what do you think i i i'm also charlotte was my least favorite one and more so because it's like i used to go there a lot for work uh, when lowe's was my client and um and it, it's it's a nice city it's definitely a nice city but it's like i i feel like the most iconic thing is like the rocking chairs in the airport um so i'm just <laughs> like all right that's fine it's it's not I don't know. So yeah, Charlotte was the one I eliminated also. So okay, so that's good, but not that they don't deserve it. And they obviously have the they have a pop they have a popular team there. Just it's a minor league team, and they, it's a gorgeous stadium. It's just uh, not yet. Although they would, I'm sure, fill the stadium if they got one. So then I'm gonna go um, with Nashville and just say not not there because location wise, yes. I just uh, think that the three others are more interesting for different reasons. So now, so I'm eliminating Nashville simply because besides location, I just don't think that that's the spot yet. Although aligned. they'd also what aligned. I'm very much in agreement with that too. Even, and they have the Nashville sound, which is, I think their minor league team, which has a big guitar in the, uh, in the, like that's the scoreboard in the front. And Again, really popular minor league team. I'm sure they'd be popular, but not yet. And I've been to the Memphis. Memphis, I've been to their minor league, the Memphis Redbirds, which is right on Bourbon Street. Great stadium. It's modeled after Camden Yards in Baltimore. Also, they Memphis could have a team, but again, not quite. So now we're down to three. Yep. Portland, Montreal, and uh, Las Vegas. So Las Vegas is a no-brainer. I mean, they'd, you know... Every game would be like a gambling mecca and it would be very popular. And they've had lots of minor league teams before that have been popular. And I think they have a stadium built already that can be expanded to be a full-blown major league team, I think. Um, their minor league stadium could probably be built out. I'm going to say no to Las Vegas, even though that would be really fun. Even though like they could easily be in the top two. So... Just because 
I think these top two deserve it the most. One is Portland. And then I'm curious what you think. One is Portland because that city is booming and they have such a rabid fan base for the Trailblazers. And I think that they, if, and they have already a giant uh, like fan group for a potential baseball team. Like they have a, a giant fan base waiting for this team to happen. And on top of it, when I was in Portland a long time ago, they had um, a popular minor league stadium that was big. And there's a famous clip that was made in that stadium where there's a guy who runs through the outfield wall and the wall flips. It's a it's a highlight blooper that's been shown for decades. Oh, yeah. And that was in Portland. So they have baseball history in Portland. They've just never gotten a team because the city wasn't big enough yet. Now it's big enough. And I just think Portland is another area in the country that needs it. And also... Like, I just think Portland with their team, it would be weird. It would be funny. It would be just a great experience to have a team there. And then the other one, I think 1,000%, because having been also to Montreal a bunch, they are dying to have a team. The only reason they didn't they lost the team is because their stadium was falling apart and they couldn't get a new team. People, French Canadians, surprisingly, love baseball. And they've taken on the Blue Jays as their team because it's the only team up there. But they love baseball and they want it and they are fans of it and they are ready for it and they I think they're number one to me because they didn't really want to lose their team in the first place they just needed a stadium that wasn't falling on people yeah I mean I I can I can get behind that I mean I I, Montreal for me is a no-brainer I've been to an Expos game we saw Vladimir Guerrero play um, oh so, no way! Yeah, was it amazing? It, it was amazing. And Montreal, they not only I want hopefully the the Washington Nationals will release the Expos name to them, um, but yeah, yeah, Expos and bring baseball back to Montreal is a given for me. I, I I think I might be leaning more towards Vegas rather than Portland for a couple of reasons. One, I do think Portland. One things that go for Portland that I do like is like right now, even with Major League Soccer, Portland and Seattle have a big rivalry uh, with the Sounders and the Timber. Um, and that's kind of been a fun thing to watch. Huh. So see, see this. I love rivalries and seeing, and it's they have a natural geographic rivalry with Seattle. Um, and then you know when because they have to also MLB will then be switching to four divisions um, and uh, per per league. Um, so you could definitely see pretty much like Seattle, Anaheim, uh, Portland, and um, uh, somebody else. Uh, Oh, Oakland, team. Oakland, all four teams along the Pacific coast, um, be in their own division, which is cool. Um, huh. however, Las Vegas is interesting because I think Las Vegas is probably a city where they will be able to take the most risks where they're going to be able to, um, you know, probably have the most fun. It'll be like the closest to like what I think like Japanese baseball, the Nippon baseball league might be like with fanfare and just like, you're going to have so many people that are going to be coming in and out of that city. And I think it'll, it, it'll be kind of good to turn baseball back into a public attraction because baseball needs a bit of rock and roll and, you know, into it. Cause mm-hmm. right now it, it is, you know, it is probably like the the sport that's suffering most from old age um, in public perception. So, cause the youths are definitely not into baseball. Um, so it's a good way to get them back. I think with a place like Vegas, um, kind of putting them on that radar, but yeah, so that's, that's interesting. So a little more Vegas, I mean, I, and I will say on, I think baseball is doing a much better job the last like year, few years of bringing youth excitement back into baseball, letting players 
show off, like bringing out the characters in some of these players more. So I think they're really starting to do a much better job than they were of bringing the star power back, which is important and stuff. Bat flips, like just letting people, letting the players be themselves. But yeah, Vegas could really add to that. So I, yeah, it's tough. It's I think Montreal, we both agree, needs the team again. And then I could see, you know what? This debate, you know, I want to say definitely Portland, but I really see, I'm 50-50. The Vegas aspect, it just, it would be such a cool, popular, like, thing. It, it could be really good for the sport. And then go add uh, Nashville and, like, ne- the next year, go add Nashville and Portland. Because baseball could easily have 34 teams and be just as popular. I mean, that I don't know. I mean, to me, it's, you know, attendance has not been going up. It's only been going down over the years. And I think that wherever they expand it to, they're going to have to have cities that are going to be rabid and are guaranteed to fill the seats. Um, And I don't know if 34 teams make sense, not only from a divisional perspective, because then they have to reorganize all the divisions again. With 32 teams, obviously you can split into Uh, eight really clean divisions. hmm. But... Um, I mean, I was even shocked when they were, I were even talking about MLB expansion. So, uh, it's better than contraction, but I think before we think about 34, let's just see if the next five years we get 32, uh, 32. All right. Yeah. Well, I think we will. I think it's almost a no brainer because there's so much money. <laughs> so, so, all right, let's see. Yeah. Let's see what happens. We hope that if you haven't stopped watching and listening, if you're not a baseball fan, that, you know, we're on to Disneyland, completely different topic. And this is our second big hopeless topic. So, Aaron, kick it off. I feel hopeless about Disneyland right now because it's opening soon. And then I read about how they're doing it. I love Disneyland. I've been a season ticket holder before. Uh, We have more tickets waiting for us at the gate. So, like, you know, we were going to go for your birthday. Hopefully we're going to do that again soon. Yeah. But we can't do it yet because it's a mess. You have to reserve your spot way in advance. You can't really park hop, like go from California Adventure to Disneyland. For those oh. who don't know how Disneyland works, you can't without a big upcharge. And you can only park hop starting at like 1 p.m. So you have to stay in one park for five hours or however long until until uh, 1 p.m. is from when it opens, um, which would five hours. Again, math day, that would be 8 a.m. And so that, and then so many things aren't opening when the park opens. So many things are just not going to be there yet. And there's even um, Rise of the Resistance, the amazing new Star Wars ride that I did right before COVID, which is the best ride I've ever done by far. But a few of the cool things in it I read are not going to be in it when it opens because of COVID. So I wouldn't recommend anyone who hasn't done it, like you, to go to Disneyland and do it until all the things are open so you can really have the – it's like a 30-minute experience. And so it was just like, man, I'm so excited to go to Disneyland again. And also, it seems like a little bit of a drag to waste a a Disneyland experience – with all of these different things that aren't going to be fun yet. Well, here's here's maybe a bit of hope for that. Is the are the lines going to be shorter with fewer people in the park? Probably shorter, but also there's this whole cleaning thing. They have to clean each thing before a new person gets on. So I don't 
No yet. I think it's a wait and see. Probably. I mean, they have to be shorter because there's going to be so much, so many fewer people. But I just don't know. Maybe there'll be like a fast pass line for people that don't mind getting COVID or like risking it. (laughs) And like, hey, okay, cool. I'll hope gong that right away. (laughs) Wait, that's just an immediate hope gong. The the line for people who don't care about getting COVID. Yeah, it'll be, yeah. You can, you can go sit in the dirty cars and those alternate, right? They'll clean one and then they'll load a, a gross one and they'll just keep doing that. And it's like, yeah, I, I we'll also the, the vintage fast pass line. And also the, there'll be probably no lines for toilets from eating all the food there. So going to give. <laughs> a long toilet flush. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. These are great. That's hope right there. Oh, the a, COVID better, a better line. chance, a better chance with getting a picture with Minnie Mouse. Oh, they aren't doing that yet. You can't oh. get pictures with the characters. You can only wave to the characters. Oh, no. So that's a slap in the face, right? Yeah. Well, maybe they'll maybe you can like get in the party. You can have Zoom calls with the with the Disney characters if you can't like take pictures. <laughs> with Zoom call with Donald. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, shorter lines and hopefully COVID lines uh, will be there for all of us that are vaccinated that just, you know, don't don't mind taking the risk. Um, Yeah. So. All right. I feel hope. I feel hope. The COVID line. I feel hope. Uh, The more COVID, the merrier. (laughs) Again. All right. Now we're canceled. We we waited a while to get canceled. Now we're canceled on this show. Dang. It took, you know, halfway through the show. Now we're canceled. So that brings us to Hopeless TV, where we always talk about things that we see on TV that are hopeless. And there's just a couple TV things today that I don't know if you know about, but you might, but you probably don't. So there was another shooting in Minnesota, as many today? people know. No, like a few days ago. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, it's caught all the bad stuff that we know is happening again. And I guess where I feel hopeless and I need hope is I want to follow it. I've, you know, marched for um, the the move, the Black Lives Matter movement, as you know, I like very, 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 very much. We, our country needs change and needs this stuff to stop and needs people to be treated equally. And none of this marginalization of cultures, it all has to stop. The hopeless TV part of it, which isn't the viewpoint I have of that, and I know you don't have of that, is it's like uh, we're in a, uh, it's like we're, we're in Groundhog Day and we're reliving it again on the news because if I turn on CNN, uh, it's like, oh my gosh, we're, there's the trial for George Floyd and then there's another shooting. It just feels like this, like, when can we have a break from all the bullshit? And We're not I don't want to avoid the news. I don't want to avoid knowing more about what's going on personally. And I also am just so tired of being reminded about how backwards people can be in this country. So give me yeah. some hope about that. I mean, it, it's this country has problems that are not going to be solved by any person that gets elected to an office. They're deep and they're embedded and they are in the fabric of this nation. And yeah, the killing of Dante Wright was absolutely horrible where he was pulled over for suspended traffic plates. I mean, there's millions and millions and millions of Americans driving around with suspended plates. It doesn't make it okay, but that doesn't make it a crime worth dying for. And 
the the whole thing with you know the officer you know misplay you know acts confusing her taser for her glock um those feel very different in hand trust me and that it, it's it's crazy and i think this this it was a senseless death yet again and i was actually just watching a video today where some a black dude got pulled over he had his camera on and by a cop um and he was doing 65 and a 70 the cop pulled him for over for not doing the speed limit and <laughs> and that you know some people were excusing well certain counties you have to go at the speed limit you have to maintain the speed limit other people saying oh he's driving in the left lane the passing lane that doesn't matter as people in california that drive 15 under the passing lane in the in the, in the passing lane on the left and there's just literally the slowest lane is the fast lane in California. Um, and so this guy, somebody got singled out. The cop is asking him, where are you coming from? Oh, so just all these unnecessary questions. And like, he gave him a warning and the cop's like, Hey, listen, I'll let you off with a warning. And, but you can just get rid of it. And the guy's like a warning for what? And in this video, it shows the guy getting out of the car. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. We all know this is, where, where this is going to go. Do not, even though you as an American have the right to question this, but do not just knowing where this could go. And fortunately nothing happened, but just Oof. that fear and all and just watching it as someone that isn't a black person that has, you know, like experienced that it's like, Holy crap. Can you imagine? So like things like this are not going to go away anytime soon. They're going to continue to be in the news. And I hope they continue to be in the news until we make some progress because if we just bury our heads in the sand, like we've been doing we can't. the past however many years that that's what it is. So I think the hope I can bring this, bring you to this, bring to you is that, talking about it will force eventually hopefully it doesn't desensitize but hopefully it just gets people to do something because they're so tired of hearing about it so yeah and because i hope so it's just yeah. it was just like nauseating to see just again yeah. but yeah, yeah i hear you and so we can hope it and then the second one is is lighter um there's a movie that we watched called donnie's bar mitzvah and it's, I thought it was like a, a parody of bar mitzvahs, which it is, but kind, but it's also the most absurd movie I, I've ever watched, I think, because think of like an X-rated bar mitzvah with like one of the characters drinks so much, he just constantly vomits at the table. Another woman does a beer bong up her ass at the bar mitzvah, like Lots of the party guests are just doing coke off the table constantly. Um, what the one woman on? gets? It's on. Uh, I think Amazon Prime. Oh my and, god! And uh, I recommend. Wa- it made me feel hopeless because I couldn't believe. Pay, I uh, we paid four ninety nine for it because <laughs> it was just called Donnie's Bar Mitzvah. That was the sole reason, but. Also, I was just like, how? I was also feeling hopeless because I was oddly transfixed by this film. There's one character who's like a bar mitzvah guest, but he's like a little older, maybe. He's like a high schooler and he has sex with like a mom at the bar mitzvah and then impregnates her at the bar mitzvah. And then she's pregnant at the bar mitzvah. And then she's like, now I'm pregnant with your baby at the bar mitzvah. This all happens in the course of 20 minutes of the bar mitzvah. So it's just, it was the most weird, like, I can't believe I'm laughing, I shouldn't be laughing movie. And also, 
it was extremes of some things I've experienced at bar mitzvahs in the past, like uh, some of the characters and some of the like tropes. But man, was it weird. So I guess give me hope as to my personality and why I was transfixed and liked this movie at all. <laughs> okay, I got, I got, I'm just going to rifle a hope. One, it's it's absurdism and that's great. And that means, you know, if, if there's all this crazy stuff that happens happening in a movie, it's great. It means that the arts are still alive. Um, two, um, you actually have gotten to experience many bar mitzvahs. I've never been to one. I think it was, we've talked oh. about this before. I never met a Jewish person until I was, I think, 13. Um, and just growing up in the Jersey Shore, and we had a neighbor named Anthony, who became one of my close friends. And you know, sadly, he's since passed over the, you know, I think eight, eight nine years ago. But he was the first Jewish friend I heard. I was like, whoa, I've never met one because I went to a Catholic school in a very did you pull his horn? Irish. Say what? Did you pull on his horns when you met him? Um, no, they they were they were well trimmed. Um, so, <laughs> trimmed yeah, horns. Yeah, good. He, he, he shaved them down. Um, but um. So I never got to do the whole bar mitzvah thing. I never got to go to one. So you actually have oh. a frame of reference. I never, you know, it's like, it's like my life is missing without that, you know, the inflatable saxophone. Um, and <laughs> all I know about it is through pop culture, you can at least have a frame of reference and enjoy that. And it's, it's, I think it's fun that you get absurdist humor based on a really interesting life moment that all Jewish kids go through. Or all Jewish all right. I feel, I feel hope all, instead of a hope gong, I'm going to do an, uh, uh, hope oy vey for Jews. So ready? One, two, three. Oy vey. <laughs> All right. That's the that's the Excellent. hope for oh. for that. And that brings us right into hope in 60 seconds. Yeah. Our favorite segment. Um, and Aaron, the topics are yours today. I'm going to start that timer. And for new listeners, this is uh, Aaron and I have 60 seconds uh, total for uh, for us to both bring up a problem and a solution to it. This is Rapid Fire Hope, and I'm going to start the timer now. All right, you got to give me hope three times today, Rohit. First one, Ontario, Canada, uh, which is run by uh, Premier Doug Ford, who's Rob Ford, the crack addict mayor of Toronto's uh, brother. And Ontario is back in lockdown. They were handling the coronavirus so well. And now they don't have vaccines and they're on complete and total lockdown. Schools are closed and everything. Uh, my family's from Ontario, from uh, Toronto. And my mom was born there. So give me hope for my family. So your family is in lockdown right now? Total lockdown. Ooh. My cousin just had a bar mitzvah there and couldn't do, like, no one was allowed. Uh, I think the hope that I can give you in just a few seconds from that bar mitzvah is, uh, I mean, that bar mitzvah from Ontario, they locked down. Maybe they don't have to go back to work so soon because are they comfortable? I don't know, dude. I don't think I have anything. I, I All oh, right. yes, I it's do. Just... Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Really quick. So Florida and Texas, two states that were absolutely reckless with COVID ended up having two of the lowest COVID rates as of late. So maybe this sort of outbreak will actually kind of kind of result in a sort of herd of herd immunity uh, a little bit earlier on. Um, and so maybe for some reason, Florida and Texas aren't misnomers, but they actually were the right way to do things. And maybe Ontario is one of them. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take anything. So I'll hope gong that with the Canadian. Hey, oh, you know, hey, oh, 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 thank you for the hope, eh? Um, oh. Okay, Ontario. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, all right, the next, next one. one. Uh, ready? And this is really sad because my favorite, and I believe probably your favorite too, movie theater chain, the Arclight chain, owned by Pacific Theaters, is uh, at least claiming that they are uh, they're closing because they aren't going to pay the leases. And that includes the Cinerama Dome, which is a historic landmark, so it can't go away. But it is my personal favorite theater of all time, so, which is in Los Angeles on Sunset Boulevard, and it's a dome theater. So give me hope about that somehow the arc lights can come back. Yeah. And so for the listeners out there, arc lights are like the awesomest theaters in LA. They're, a lot of them have like art deco styling. They're really classic. They're all nice and really feels like your old school cinema experience with really great screens and seats and all that. Here's the hope I can give you is that maybe that the arc lights, like some of the historic ones will be preserved. And then actually the movement to save the arc light is going to be a movement to sort of save theaters nationwide. And maybe that's something that just sort of kicks off like a love for cinema um, that I think people are, are, are have been missing in their lives. Um, and this is helping us realize that that the movies is one of the most important things that we have culturally. Um, and OK, I think I'll the battle on for that. Arclight will open up the battle to preserve cinema as a whole. Ready? This is going to get a hope gong applause for the movie. Thank you for that. And so finally, the last... You're doing a great job. Thank you for giving me hope. I feel so good now. Oh, my um, pleasure. Let me start the time. But I'm about to feel miserable again. All Ready right, to feel miserable. Time Misery begins now. So this is The Truman Show, the movie. I love that movie. It's directed by Peter Weir, one of my favorite directors. And uh, it's a great movie with Jim Carrey. Really, really fantastic. I love that film. Just found out the house in the movie that's the like his house that's Truman's house Jim Carrey's character's house in the movie is uh the house that Matt Gates grew up in <laughs> and Matt Gates for those who don't know is being charged with sex trafficking and underage and uh, he's a congressman he's a piece of shit he's an absolute pile of garbage big time uh so uh give me hope because I don't want to forever not be able to think of this movie because it was at his house um I think doesn't make it funnier. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and done. Now more, and now more people are going to watch the Truman Show because, like, holy shit, Matt Gates's house in there. So it's, it's bringing back one of your favorite movies. All right, you know what I'll do with that because it's going to make it funnier. I'll hope gong it with a with the yes, laugh. The, the laugh gong is a good one. Uh, the laugh gong. Yeah. So. That's fair. I like it. Uh, and and man, and just as a side note, Matt Gates is a piece of shit, and I hope he goes to jail. That guy sucks at everything. Yeah, yeah. Banging underage girls is, um, I think, frowned upon in most uh, civilized cultures. Um, yes. So, so let's bring. So speaking of uh, civilized cultures, our audience is always civilized. Is always wonderful. Is always the most appreciated audience in the world. Even the ones that leave so, us bad uh, reviews. We still love you. Yeah, even those. Uh, so just love, love, love our audience. So it's our submissions. And uh, the first piece, and then I'll uh, throw the second question to you, is there were some notes that, that people were, were glad we were back. And I just want to say to, because we took our break, and I just want to say to everyone who was glad we were back, thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, listening and being glad we're back. We're really glad to be back and to 
be sharing the show with you. So thank you for those words or those little notes on Instagram. And uh, and then the second submission is from Kyle in Los Angeles, who uh, actually asked when we will take our next break. I think in, in a way because he didn't want us to, but maybe it was like, get off my podcast. Yeah, screw you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But yeah. It's yeah, maybe he was enjoying that break we took. Kyle, uh, we 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 got the hint. Um, thank you for your concern. Um, we hope we haven't made your ears bleed too much this episode. Yeah, and uh, when will we take our next break? Hopefully, not for a long time. We're uh, yeah. we're back at it, and uh, we're gonna you know we have number fifty coming up, big episode number fifty. So we're just gonna be going full steam ahead. Yeah, and, and Aaron uh, and I have found ways to podcast either when you know when some of us have been on location for work or we've been traveling or this we've we've we found ways. So uh, where there's a will, there's a way, um, and we'll bring you hope each week. Yes. And speaking of hope, I'm really really excited about this hope fulfilled. Aaron, want to remind everyone what my hopelessness was about last week? Yeah, so Rohit was very hopeless about Dogecoin, which is one of the cryptocurrencies. It's the one that means nothing. It's just a thing. And both Rohit and I uh, uh, have a few Dogecoins. We have the exact exact, Dogecoins. Yeah, the exact same number. And so the interesting thing about it is Rohit asked me to give hope because it hadn't made a lot of money yet. And I said it's going to go up to a dollar by the end of... 2022 or 2021 i forget what i said but something not too far away and since our last episode it's doubled it's already um it's one uh ninth of the way to a dollar it said i think 12 cents so it doubled since that so i guess you tell me i mean did i did i make it happen what what's the deal here um, I, th- I think you did, honestly. I, th- I think we, you put the good juju out in the, into the world. So yeah, I've since I invested in Dogecoin, I've tripled my money. And I hope that all you listeners out there, we are not allowed to give advice because we will get sued by like the FTC or whatever. We are yep. not giving advice. We are just saying we like the coin. And yes. so we like Doge. Um, and we may or may not get rich off of it, um, but we like the coin. And if you like the coin, you know what to do. Yeah, and it rhymes with buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Try it <laughs> is the answer. Um, yeah. So with that being said, we, we love ending on a very positive note. Um, hope fulfilled is the best way to wrap this up. Um, and yeah, and Aaron, uh, another good show. And um, I guess if you are interested in interacting with us more, Find us on the socials. I am Vohit for Rohit with the number four in the middle uh, on all the platforms. And my co-host is Aaron, the Aaron Wolf, T-H-E, Aaron, A-R-O-N, Wolf, W-O-L-F on all social platforms. And also we have the Hopeless Show. We haven't done a lot with it lately, but we have the Hopeless Show uh, Twitter handle and Instagram as well. So uh, you can follow that with uh, maybe we'll start posting more and sharing more because we just haven't been but yeah you can follow that too the hopeless show on those channels too so i guess with that it's another episode have a great week everyone we love you we are glad to be back and stay hopeful amidst uh all the hopelessness that's going on yay hope on a rope and we'll catch you later and see you in a week when the world seems golden bleak and you just can't take it anymore 
that glimmer of hope. A light shines through the dark. It's hopeless, so.